Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the Grouch Anthem? No, no, no. With a Grouch Anthem, you stay sitting down. Down in front, man. You should never let people see your card. When bluff, when call. I did not rage. I flipped over the ace. I raked on the chip. Put it with pop. Hey, what's up, guys? We are back for yet another week for some reason. I don't really know why, but uh, this is Tecmo Super Bowl. Nick's in the Grouch. And this is episode two of Badoogie All-Stars. Uh, we're going to try to be a little bit better this time. I don't think that'll be difficult. Um, how was your week? It was it was all right. I mean, I didn't really do anything fun because there's no more poker and what's life without poker, but... I got Portal 2, so that was exciting. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know that's all the rage right now. Uh, I actually, I remember getting Half-Life 2. I th- was it was it Half-Life 2 that came with Portal 1? Do you remember? I don't even remember. I got. I actually did. I missed Portal the first time around. I know I heard people talking about it, never played it, and then I bought it when it came out on Xbox Live Arcade. They reissued it, and that's when I got into it. So I'm a little, I'm a little behind the curve, and this way just like everything else in life so <laughs> um yeah because i was actually looking you know everyone's talking about how amazing portal 2 is and now that i don't have poker um uh, i was like well maybe i'll start playing those video games again that those whippersnappers are playing um and i was looking at getting portal 1 uh you said you did play portal 1 i did play portal 1 yeah is it and it you recommend it i think it's great i mean i'm not i suck at first person shooters i'm really really bad is that what so, it is it well it's based off like i mean it is a first person shooter and then you have a gun but it's not like shooter shooter you're not shooting things very often but it's a more of a puzzle game which is what i like so you kind of figure out how to solve stuff and get from point a to point b and all that kind of stuff but it's really funny is what okay. i think really kind of makes it different is the the writing in the game is really really entertaining like it's a joy to listen to people talk where most games it's like shut up with the cutscene. I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just try like, to skip it. I actually will. I'll sit there and wait and make sure all the dialogue is done because it's pretty funny. Like this one has Steven merchant from he's Ricky Gervais's writing partner. He was in the oh, okay. podcast. Have you ever heard those? I think he's in extras, but really funny guy. And so just kind of his phrasing of everything is really, really entertaining to listen to. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm now you said that was on Xbox live. I was probably going to going to get it on computer, but um, yeah, I mean, the first one, I mean, I think you can probably get it on Steam or whatever on the computer. Um, if you have a PS3, I know if you buy Portal 2, like, you get a copy of the computer one for free. So, there's that. But I yeah, have, if, Hold on, say that again. If, if, if you buy Portal 2 on PS3, you get the cop, the computer version as well? Uh-huh. That's what I, I, I... That was the way they were doing it, at least at launch. So, okay. um, something worth looking at. But, yeah, I, if you're used to first-person shooter computer games, I think you're going to hate playing on a controller, but... If you suck like I do, controllers are fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely probably going to have to p- pick that up because I don't have anything else to do now. Yeah, I'm sure DC is going to do a whole series on it or something. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something different portal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I have. What What have you been up to? Um, I actually took a trip now that I am forced to, if I want to get my pokers on, I have to play live. Uh, there's a Delaware Park. I, I live in Baltimore or just outside of Baltimore, in between Baltimore and Annapolis. Um, and Delaware Park recently, I don't know, maybe in the past year or something, got poker. 
and so it's about an hour and a half from me. So I, I went up there just for the day um, with a buddy of mine and uh, did all right. Uh, sat down. My goal was just to go up and play some cash, some one two or two five uh, NL, and went up there, played some one two. Uh, within, I don't know, maybe an hour I was up, you know, 160 bucks or something. And I noticed that there was a, an 08 game going and I was like, I've never played live 08. I'm not that good at it, but I'm bored. So I'm going to go check that out. Uh, and it was, it was, the players were obviously horrible. I mean, it's four eights and it's 08. I mean, but, but then again, they're not as horrible as the one two NL people because people who sit at one two NL are just there because they they heard about poker. <laughs> Whereas if you're hit, hit, sitting at four eight oh eight, I feel like you at least know a little bit about oh eight. You don't just randomly sit at oh eight. Um, but yeah, it was it was all right. I I ran bad in a few big pots where I got like five outered or I missed or something and. Uh, finished down like 50 bucks there. So overall, it was it was an okay trip. Uh, I I like playing live, but I also forgot how much now that I you know have transitioned to online how how slow it is. And so I don't know, but it's it's still very profitable. I'll, I'll still probably go um, back up every now and then. Um, actually, I'm going tonight to my buddy. My buddy uh, holds a, a monthly one-two game, and I, I crush it every month, so I'm excited for that, and it's only a half an hour away. Um, nice. I mean, you probably aren't lowering the average age by 20 years like you did when you sat at that 08 table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Although although I've played stud many times um, in, in Atlantic City, and that, if you if you want to play, if, you like, if you're a big fan of like oxygen tanks for some reason, like if that's your thing, then play stud because th- it's always a minimum age of probably 55 for everyone playing stud. They're um, so old, they make Joe Tall look young. Just <laughs> yes. Just, just kidding, Joe. Um, and, uh, yeah, as if he's going to listen to this. Um, now we'll know if he does, because he'll get mad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, and it's amazing, because you see these guys, you know, who you know have been playing stud for literally 45 years and making the simplest mistakes, and you're just like, wow. You, you just... You've just been playing for 45 years and you haven't improved a single bit. It's one of those mistakes playing stud for 45 years because that <laughs> sounds tedious to me. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Stud, I, I'm decent at it and I studied it for a time, but I, I can't... I don't know. It's not that fun to me. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't do well at stud. I mean, I'm from the West Coast. We don't do stud here. But it's too much like paying attention to the dead cards and all of that really just distracts me from being able to put people in ranges and think about that kind of thing. Like not that I can do that at Hold'em, but at least with Hold'em, I only can see like seven cards at a time at the most. I don't have to think about what people folded or whatever. So, yeah. And I think, I think that's what actually intrigued me about stud in the beginning is that, you know, by, by working harder and paying more attention that you can gain that much bigger of an edge. But then it's, but then it's just slow. And and I don't know. It's I I find it 
it's it's okay and i i like i play it every now and then when it, i just want something different but it's just not as fun and ever since i found triple draw nothing no, no other form of poker is as fun as triple draw to me yeah i think it's still working harder to maybe not want to play stud actually so yeah <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, my we went up there, me and my buddy, and uh, my buddy actually played. Uh, they had a sixty-five dollar tournament, and he uh, he actually I think there were a hundred and some people in it, uh, one hundred and five or something like that, and he actually he actually won it, um, which was good and bad. So I was happy for him, but um, our plan was just to go up there for like four hours and then leave, and that w- that would have been at like seven thirty p.m. We would have left and. Uh, we were still there at like 11 and so i was like i am so glad you won because that would have sucked if you would have came in fifth and just doubled your money or whatever um, yeah but I yeah left him there <laughs> but he picked up uh 1500 so congrats nice. to him um he ran like hotter than gold which doesn't really make sense no gold's not hot <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was thinking hotter than jesus but was Jesus like, wasn't hot either. Hotter yeah. than like a toaster, toaster strudel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like toaster strudels. Man, I want a toaster. It's been a long time since I had a toaster strudel. We can wait if you want to go get one. Uh, well, nah, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll finish the podcast, I guess. Right. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my week. Um, not much else. I'll probably, like I said, I'm going up to, uh, my buddy's game tonight. So hopefully, uh, that will go well. It normally does. Uh, I've played there. I think I want to say I played probably twenty-five or thirty sessions there and have lost money twice. So, I mean, obviously, I've probably ran good um, to a point, but when you when your win rate is probably something like forty BBs per hundred, it's hard to lose. Yeah. And now that you've told them that, I'm sure they won't notice that you're crushing the game. Well, see, that's what's funny is I remember one time I, I wasn't there and uh, my buddy was like, yeah, they, we were we were sitting around and we were just discussing who we thought like the best players in the game were. And my name was just not even mentioned. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, they don't even realize that. I'm crushing them and I mean that sounds arrogant and so I'm sorry about sorry for that but it's just truth um, and it's hard to be humble when you're good <laughs> yeah I mean if it weren't for luck you know but um, uh, no but I remember this one old lady that plays and she, but she always wins because she's just the type that just constantly calls 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 and people for whatever reason just want to bluff her and they just, she just calls down, calls down. Third, oh, third pair. They're like, you're good. Um, and I don't understand why people keep trying to bluff her, but whatever. That's live poker. Um, but she was like, oh, what about Tom? He seems like he thinks a lot. <laughs> Which is funny because I've never thought that about you. <laughs> well, we've never played poker together. Um she was like yeah he's always taking time and like thinking about stuff i don't know what he's thinking about but maybe that means he's decent (laughs) and i I just just the fact that no one else thinks is pretty telling of of how the game is um it's pretty awesome so yeah anyway uh hopefully that will go well um what about uh stuff in the news with poker news 
it's i mean i was the news is black friday black friday black friday and which is depressing 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 really like yeah kind of every time i read something it's just it's so sad that this is i mean it's funny people thought you know a few months ago like the idea of the 15 month blackout was going to be like the most horrible thing for poker and people were like you know it could get worse than that you know the legislation isn't so awful and they're like no that that would be horrible i think this is worse yeah i would definitely say that this is worse um at least with the 15 month blackout you would have you know everyone marking their calendars red xing each day as we go but now we're just in limbo where who knows what's going to happen um but i don't know have you listened to uh i don't know how to say his name is carrick or Karak. um he had a he had a segment on quad jacks where he kind of went off and it was pretty good did you did you listen to that one I've heard bits and pieces. I don't. I don't think I heard that one. I, I've definitely heard him interviewing people, and he definitely seems like he has a pretty good opinion about what's going on. But. Yeah, and I think he also just posted it on his blog. Um, I'm sorry, I can't think of his blog. It's Law Donk, I think, might be his blog. Um, but yeah, he he pretty much encapsulated a bunch of my opinion on the situation because he was saying essentially that. You know, people came out when this first started and they, they needed a scapegoat, you know, and they were like, I, I'm frustrated. I don't have my money. I can't play. Who can I blame? Who can I direct my anger at? And uh, everyone sort of either latched on to the PPA or the DOJ or, you know, um, that, that guy um, who apparently was an informant for, for the DOJ. I forget. Do you know his name? I forget. His I don't name. remember his name, but yeah, I think everyone knows who you're talking about. Cause everyone's been mad at him at some point. Yeah. And you know, everyone's sort of finding that person to blame and, and you know, it, it is sort of silly to play the blame game because it doesn't really accomplish much, but you know, Carrick said that or crack, um, you know, the DOJ can't, if, if these alleged, uh, charges are, are are true the doj couldn't just sit by and do nothing and watch you know these companies just do bank uh, bank fraud money laundering literally buying a bank you know um i and i i that's where i stand is just like i'm sure there is some there there all there are always politics behind the scenes i don't know the politics you know people some people will say that this uh guy in new york the, the the attorney general you know has you know a reputation for for things like this or is just trying to um puff up his own chest but i i can't really speak to all that because i don't know the ins and outs behind the scenes but to me it was just one of those situations where if you're gonna do if you're gonna break all these laws these you know quote-unquote laws and, I, and i'm not a lawyer i can't get into the details of it and, and other people can better than me but pe- nobody seemed to be directing their anger at poker stars or full tilt like everyone was looking for someone else to blame and it's i, I wonder if it's for two reasons whether that's a because poker stars are full tilt uh, sponsored them personally, sponsored their website. Maybe they were somehow affiliated with them and they didn't want to come out. Like like the PPA, I think um, th- they said that a large part of their funding came from Pokestars and Full Tilt, so they were in this awkward position where you know, they couldn't really just condemn them. So I think that was an issue. And, and B is, I think, when you play on 
like let's just say poker stars for for years and years and you're making all this money and they they give you these prizes and everything you sort of you sort of have an affinity for them and, and you're hesitant to blame them but i don't know how people look at this situation and like i said if who knows maybe this stuff isn't true maybe maybe this case gets thrown out or whatever but if if it is true i mean how do you not blame the sites yeah it never made sense to me either i mean i think it just comes from the sites are where i play i like playing thus i can't be mad at them yeah and and i think that's the thing that always like boggled my mind it was like especially with the ppa like they came out and they were like boom this is a war on poker you know poker we should have the right to play poker and you shouldn't be infringing on our rights and all this stuff and i was like where in that indictment did it say i mean maybe maybe it did say i don't know i maybe i didn't see that but it seemed to me that it was more about the money laundering the bank fraud and everything else than oh we really want you to you know stop playing poker like how many poker players in their homes were charged none right you know (laughs) So it, 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 I think people are trying to make it out to be this like, oh, this is a war on me as a poker player when it's not that. I mean, it's it's it seems I mean, again, this is just my opinion, but it just it seems like these companies were breaking whatever laws and that's why they're being charged. And it has nothing to do with the game of poker. No, I mean, I mean, people are upset about the, you know, the UIEGA getting passed. I think I just switched the letters around there, but anyway, getting passed and all of that. And that was a war on poker. And that kind of was, I mean, it really was much broader than poker. It wasn't about poker and this whole like poker's a game of skill. It should be exempted thing. Like it is, but it's really hard for people to look at it and see that. And so it's kind of been an uphill battle for the last five years, but to pretend like the DOJ is like, yeah, let's just stick it to poker. It's like, no, they've been doing a lot of really shady things. I mean, even allegedly, I mean, I've heard, allegedly, and oh, yeah. I've heard the example of like if you think it's illegal to mix Coke and Diet Coke together, and you come up with a really elaborate plot to do it so the government doesn't find out, and then they do, they can't arrest you just because you're acting shady. But it's beyond that. Like the, buying the bank and all of that stuff, if that's true, that's pretty serious, and it's more than just like yeah, we took player transfers, pretending like they're buying golf balls so they could play poker. It's like no you're doing some really, really serious things. And I mean, they didn't bust merge. They didn't bust, um, cake, not to say they didn't do these things, but if they could get them all, they'd get them all. Yeah. So there are, they definitely certain sites are doing certain things. And I'm sure part of the reason they busted AP is now you can say, you know, at least some of these sites were involved in cheating scandals and you can make them look worse. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really, I mean, the sites are guilty in this, but I mean, I, I remember the, you know, the whole Napster thing was it like 10 years ago, I guess people talking about like, oh, and they would justify why file sharing was cool because they wanted to do it. And yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. because, not because you fundamentally like think it's fair. If you really think about the finances of it and like bands are getting screwed out of all this money, you're not saying like, yeah, that's great, but I really want this music and I kind of don't want to pay for it. So stupid man, you're sticking it to us again. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's sort of what it felt like to me. I mean, I would love for full tilt to still be taking us customers. Cause I would like to keep playing poker, but I also have to look at the facts and think like, 
man, I really wish they hadn't committed all of those alleged crimes yeah, or allegedly it, committed those crimes. Exactly. Or whatever, however you say it. Yeah, and and I mean, let's just throw out the word allegedly for now, just because I'm tired of saying it. Um, the the I would be angry if if these things are true. I would be angry with poker stars in full tilt because you had such a good thing going. I I loved your software. I loved well for poker stars. You know they they have such great support. Um, and and as shown, you know poker stars has come through and they made um, paying players their, their number one priority. I've already gotten all my money. Um, from poker stars in my bank account so kudos to them for that um they've they've shown that you know they are have they're really good at customer support maybe not so good at not breaking the law (laughs) um so i i don't i mean i don't know again i don't know all the minute details the the politics behind it whether they're you know jurisdiction issues but if they in fact bought a bank bribed Campos, I think, is the guy who owned it was a SunTrust. I can't remember the name of the bank. Um, I don't remember either, but but uh, a lot of research done here. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, it, literally giving that guy twenty G's, uh, you know, investing millions of dollars in his bank, and doing all this like it's it it would seem unnecessary. But I know people are going to come back and say, you know, well the UIGEA, you know, sort of forced people to do this way and and well apparently not if if um I don't know if you listened to the Chuck Kidd interview. I did. Um that was actually really, really informative. Um I enjoyed that. So if you guys haven't haven't listened to the Chuck Kidd interview uh on from Quad Jacks, uh let me know. I'll post a link to to the, the interview. I haven't listened to part two yet. CDA uh, hit me up with the link to part two. I got to listen to that. But um, I don't know. It seems to me that there are ways to do all this business without breaking the law. And they just chose to not do that to save some money. Um, so I don't know. I My anger wasn't at the DOJ. I mean, it, it wasn't at the PPA either. It's because I don't really know, you know, if they could have done anything. I mean, the PPA, my one issue with them would be that they keep hammering this, you're, you're, you're attacking poker, and they keep trying to say, well, it's a game of skill, and that's their strategy, and that's been their strategy forever, and obviously it's not working, so it would be nice if they... I think they finally just released something, you know, mentioning, oh, well, you know, an increased revenue, uh, increased jobs, and stuff like that, maybe taking a, a better approach, Um but I was I, I instantly was like, well, this sucks. I why did these sites do this? But no one else, or not not no one, but not many people seem to direct their anger at at the sites for putting everyone in this position and all this money frozen. Yeah, the DOJ did it. But I, I, I when this first started in in the on the DC thread for FBI the FBI thread, I remember posting that this seems very akin to when you're watching Jerry Springer and uh, some guy cheats on his girlfriend with some other girl and these two girls start going at it. And I, and I always look at that situation and I'm like, why is the guy's girlfriend so upset at this girl and seemingly like not really that upset at her boyfriend, you know? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get it. Why are you directing your anger at this outside thing when, when it's, the person that you're closest to, whether it's your that that girl's boyfriend or 
your poker site that that has screwed things up i don't know it just didn't make sense to me i mean the other question i have is why are you watching jerry springer but that's <laughs> yeah that's I that was that was man i remember i think it was like middle school for me which was a long time ago uh i would come home and that would be on at like 2 30 or 3 um and i remember that being like the new big thing was was this crazy show called jerry springer and you know i'd watch it every now and then just because everyone else was watching it but th- and then you quickly realize like well, this is just this is just absolute trash <laughs> yep um so yeah, I mean, how how has all this affected you with like poker? Like, what are your plans? I don't know. I mean, I can play live. The problem is, I mean, for me, poker was always something I did for an hour. You know, it's like I didn't play marathon sessions, and so to get to a card room and back is an hour. So now it becomes a much more like time intensive thing, and I have other hobbies, and I have spending time with my girlfriend, and like we're still. I mean, we moved into this house semi recently and we're still kind of getting things situated, all these kind of things that when poker is a small piece, I can just drop it in, you know, play some poker in downtime or whatever. When I have to invest half a day, it's really tough. I mean, yeah. And live is boring. I mean, it's not horrible. It's not as bad as people say, but I liked being able to play, you know, four tables and kind of see some hands and go through my database and look at them and do all of that kind of stuff. Or if I get bored with Holden, move to triple draw. I know we both are, big triple draw fans now. Yeah. And you're, you're not going to find straight triple draw anywhere. I mean, if I was in LA, you could play, you know, a mixed game that has it in it. But even that, like sometimes I just want to play triple draw for an hour. And yeah, that was my, that was one of my biggest depressing parts was like you just said, you can't, I can't go to Delaware park and play triple draw. Like I love playing triple draw. And, and like you said, I, I like playing multiple tables and I like studying the game. I like getting better. Like it, since I joined DC, you know, my game has just grown exponentially. And, you know, when I was playing live before that, I, I played live for many years before I joined DC, you know, I was doing well, but I mean, I wasn't learning at the rate I was learning once I was playing online with DC. So. Yeah. I mean, and for me, part of it is like the last six months or so, like I've really gotten better at studying the game you know i did this mount robusto stuff and so i was getting and like because we're doing the tagging forms and stuff i actually got better at watching videos like and taking notes and yeah. figuring out the important spots and all that kind of stuff um started working with you on coaching i was getting some group coaching with improva and like all of these things combined like things were starting to click i was bluff raising flops and like i knew when to do it and now i can't play anymore and you really can't bluff raise play play money i mean so like <laughs> yeah. all of these things that were just starting to click um you know are no good you know like three days after the shutdown i recorded my search and destroy video with s thief so now all the things that i could improve if i actually had a way to play online poker i now yeah. know what they are <laughs> and it's just it's so frustrating to me like it was if this had happened you know, last year I would have been bummed, but I wouldn't have cared. Like I was at a really different place in poker that I, if I lost poker, then I was already kind of frustrated. I was trying heads up, trying to find my groove. I would have been done with it. It would have been fine. I would have been over it. But now it's like, I just felt like things were starting to kind of go in the right direction. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to translate life. Life's a totally different game and I'm going to have to go and kind of relearn, you know, that more like, less three betty sort of game like seeing a lot of flops and you know realizing you're not gonna be able to move somebody off second pair and just kind of it really kind of abc yeah which is not 
quite as fun. Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like like I talked about going. I'm going to my buddy's game tonight at one too. Um, my my f- good friend Mike, um, he and I were the ones who decided to you know try out this fancy online poker thing and join DC. And, you know, we were the ones who had aspirations of getting better. Um, he asked, I asked him if he was going to play tonight and he said, I don't know, you're going to be playing this. One other good guy is going to be playing. So maybe I just won't go. And I was like, you know, for my bottom line, it would be better if Mike didn't play, but it's actually, it's just so easy playing one two live that it becomes yeah it's it's profitable but it's not interesting and and so it's like at what point are you doing it strictly for the money or are you doing it because you enjoy doing it and i told him i was like you know i actually would prefer if you did come because it's nice getting involved in some hands with you where i actually have to think about your range and stuff like that you know and and that's the thing with live is you know it's like you said it's basically taking a very abc micros approach and not even you know even the micros even like you know 10 and l you know is going to play tougher than one two and l i think um one two and l live um and so it's it's like i said it's it you know you like you were saying before you have to put so much more time and commitment into it where you have to drive to the place and you have to sit down you have to get a table you got to get your chips you, you have to see you know eight hands an hour and and just basically what you're doing is you're you're value betting well and you're not paying off and so it's just it's not that i guess you know i guess the answer to that is oh we'll play you know play five ten or something but that's a lot of money for most people i i certainly can't afford to play five ten um so i don't know i, I don't know if i cut you off there but no i mean that's that's I was going to say kind of the same thing. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just an adjustment and I have to figure out what I want to do. I don't want to lose all of this kind of skill that I've built up. What not all of the skill, a little <laughs> bit of skill I've built up, yeah. but at the same time, like life's kind of a totally different beast. And I don't know if I have the time and commitment to really do that. I mean, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, I know, I mean, people on DC are starting this play money thing and that may be the solution is just to play with people that are going to play seriously and, kind of get at least kind of hold my skill level if i don't play enough to get better but at least i'm thinking about the game still and going over hands with friends that are playing in europe and that kind of thing and you know yeah hopefully knock on wood we're back online in a year or two but i i would be surprised if it's you know less than two years yeah i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping it's something like end of 2012 or something is that would be that would be cool to me um but who knows how it's going to work? We we keep alluding to this DC play money home game just just to give everyone a, uh, an idea of what we're talking about. Um, I had an idea to start um, a play money home game on DC um, to where other DC members could we could we could all play. We can still play play money on on these sites, um, but we could still you know just play seriously and learn. Obviously, you know we're not going to be searching for the fish and all that stuff but still just just to get hands in and play and learn and, and play with other people who are taking the game seriously um and i wasn't the only one that had had that idea i know many others had the same idea um and if you look in the secret headquarters forum uh dice posted uh it's, it's called p stars play money home games while locked out of real money it's a very long title um 
and Solstice, um, or TJ, uh, whatever you want to call him, uh, he started on Poker Stars. The club ID is 421202. Uh, this, this is a Poker Stars home game. You go to home games, you go to join home game, and you put this in the club ID 421202. And then you have to put in an invitation code, and the invitation code is Deuces with a capital D D E U C E S, and then twenty two. So Deuces twenty two, the uh, number two twice. Um, so sign up there if you're interested in in getting involved with that home game. I don't, we're still trying to get it together. Um, I think we're trying to get you know various games going on it. Maybe have some like scheduled t- tournaments or something. Maybe like an eight game tournament. You know, just just trying to like you said, stay sharp. We we've all built up all these skills by by watching videos on DC and and talking uh, strategy, getting coaching and everything. And it would be sh- it would be a shame to just sort of take all that time we invested and just throw it out the window. So I'm I'm going to try to get involved on it um, and just just to play and get hands in because that's that's how you learn. And I would I would like to play triple draw like we were talking about. Um, I'm hoping um, this summer. I know uh, you and I are going out to Vegas. Um, I'm going out for a couple weeks, and you're going to meet me out there for for one of the weekends. Um, and I'm hoping to play in the triple draw event at the World Series, and I just I love the game, and now it's essentially been taken away from me because um, I can't play it live. So that sucks. Um, weirdly enough, I might have to start learning Badoogie um, and Badoosie and all those other games um, just so I could sit at one of those games just to get the chance to play triple draw. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as as far as how it's like affected me, I like I'm like you, where I always wanted to just sit down for an hour or two and play some poker, and now literally I had to to go to Delaware Park. It's a day trip. You you wake up and you you eat something, and then you drive up there and you play for a few hours or or more, and then you drive back, and that that's your day. That's your that was my Saturday last last week. So. I couldn't do other things. I couldn't hang out with my girlfriend. I couldn't, uh, you know, go rollerblading or, or biking with my dog on, on the trail near here. You know, it, it really sucks <laughs> not to, not to bring everything down, but, um, hopefully, hopefully that gets taken care of soon. Like we said, I think, I think two years, I don't know. What what you think it, it's not going to happen in two years? I would be surprised. I mean, from the speculation I've heard is the best time for the bill to get through would be like the next lame duck Senate session, which is going to be, you know, end of 2012 again or something like that. And I don't know. I mean, it just seems like it's not, unless we can really kind of sell the idea that it's job creation, you know, it's revenue, all that kind of stuff. It just seems like not the kind of thing anyone's going to get involved with that, you know, if you're, if you're from a fairly conservative state, do you really want to get brought into this gambling thing and being seen as the gambling guy, you know, and all of that? I mean, it, it seems, it seems like an uphill battle for sure. Yeah. But it, I wouldn't rule it out. I think if Harris and MGM really decide, Hey, we would like to have online poker sites. They have way more clout than the PPA does. Cause the PPA is probably just some people talking. And I would imagine Harris is putting money in people's pockets, which is going to move 
things a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so, I think that's our biggest ace in the hole or whatever you want to call it. Uh, is that, is that we have all this money sitting out there and you have the backing now of, of Steve Wynn and other, other casinos. Um, and I think that's our biggest hope. You know, I think what this has done is that it has raised awareness um, if you haven't already, you know, contact your, your representative, just let them know that you're um, part of their constituency and that you're a voting member and you want, this is your view and, and just do what you can. But it's, it's raised awareness. I, I just saw, I think Chazbot linked um, in the FBI thread to a CNN um, video clip uh, there, with them discussing it, like it's it's getting out there that that there are, there's this segment of the population. It's sort of like no one knew about this underground poker online poker world, and now it's you know shedding some light on it. And I, I'm I'm hoping that's a good thing. You combine that with the fact that casinos are backing online poker now, and I I, I don't know. I think it's just me being hopeful, but. I would, I would, I'm really hoping that something gets done in 2012. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm definitely like seeing on the, like the, the Facebook, like on the full tilt page and the DOJ page where people are kind of voicing their anger. It's not the, you know, the 20 something internet poker professionals. It's the people that play poker, you know, while they watch TV, you know, after the kids go to bed, like, you know, in their fifties, like you look at these kind of average people that are really upset about this poker thing. And I think if you get people like that mobilized, I mean, I've heard people talk about marches on Washington. Like we couldn't get video people to watch videos for Mount Robusto. I can't imagine you're going to get people out of, <laughs> out of their house to march on Washington, but there are people that are, you know, angry about this. And if the people in power kind of see like, this is a pretty wide, you know, group of the population that are into poker. It's not just these compulsive gamblers that are gambling away their family's money and you kind of get it out of a moral issue into like, it's just a game people play for fun and it's not any worse than lotteries and horse racing that are always exempted on these things. Oh, thank that, you for bringing that up. I mean, really how hypocritical is it that anyone, anyone, like I think Spencer Backus is the, the Republican um, leader. He, 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 his view is that, you know, oh, well drugs and gambling and all this other stuff are, are bad and, Meanwhile, you know, Powerball, lotteries, scratch-offs, like, if if online poker, which, yes, game of skill, but not the point we should be arguing, but, you know, game of skill versus all these lotteries, horse racing, like, none of this stuff should be, should be, you know, legal or regulated or any of that, if that's the argument. So, it's it's so hypocritical that that anyone would bring that up. Yep. So... But anyway, um, I think we're going to... Did you have anything else to add? No, I mean, I have all kinds of complaints, but I think I've given the the cross-section of them. Okay. Um, I think we're going to roll into our interview now um, with A.U. Morgan. Uh, I'm guessing many of you know of him on DC. Uh, His real name is Mike. Um, So let's roll right into that. All right, guys, uh, we brought on A.U. Morgan from D.C. Uh, to do a nice little interview. How you doing, A.U. Morgan? Good, good. How you guys? Not too bad. Um, do you want us to call you A.U. Morgan or your... No, just Michael's friend. Okay. Um, 
so yeah, we we brought you on because you are a uh, a good friend of ours, and we talk constantly. So what Wait, better? You're going to bring your status status in DC <laughs> down by calling your friend. <laughs> uh, we 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 know of you. I'm an acquaintance. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's uh, start this interview. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing is, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do when you're not giving money to people on poker sites, that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, my background is I give money to people on poker sites. Uh, no, uh, uh, you know, live in Alabama. And before we go too much further, I do want to say uh, to those four people that are listening, not named Ron and Chris, that, um, you know, we did have some bad weather down here. So, my serious point is if you guys will just everybody keep people in Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, this area in your prayers because these tornadoes were were really devastating to this area down here. Yeah, if anybody um, hasn't seen pictures or videos, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it was bad. So um, anyway, I have unlike some a lot of DC guys probably. I'm one. I'm a little older. I've got a, a wife and a and a child and um. A business. Uh, I do auto repair and truck repair stuff like that. Real fun stuff. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I love you know love to gamble, play online poker. Well, I did up until two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eric Holder. But uh, that's about it. And uh, and uh, play golf occasionally. Uh, Are you any good? Depends on what your definition of good is, but yeah, I'll play you whenever you want. <laughs> I suck. Okay. Don't, don't ruin his hustle. <laughs> but uh, and if JK3A shows up, no, I'm not playing him. <laughs> but uh, but uh, what's your best round? Sixty-eight. Sixty-eight. Holy crap! Yeah, so. that's that's uh, half my best round. <laughs> <laughs> I think my best round, which is my only round, um, was something like 130. Ah. So. Well, it's, uh, I've been doing it. I mean, I've been playing my whole life though, you know, and I'm nearly 40 years old. So it's, I've had a lot of practice. I've had plenty of rounds that weren't that good either, obviously. So. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit about, uh, how you got started in poker, how you ended up at DC, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, why yeah. you're still here uh, <laughs> because i stayed long enough to do this podcast and now i'm gone <laughs> i was wondering i was like why is that guy still here as, as of september you know whenever my contract or you know, subscription no i'm just kidding um i really don't remember how i got started in poker it was before the boom i know that it was like God, it was like 99 or 2000. I can remember listening to the to the final table over the internet on a dial-up connection. And I, I don't remember <laughs> if it was the year Ferguson one or, if it, yeah, a dial-up connection for you young guys. That was something that we had way back in the day. <laughs> well, if you, if, if you want to get rid of your uh, dial-up connection, I don't know if anybody you know knows, but HughesNet uh, is a good, good, good uh, place to get... <laughs> Uh, broadband service, you know, when you don't want to tie up your landline. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't remember if it was Ferguson or if it was Carlos Mortensen or whatever back in those days. And I don't remember what years those were, but I, like I said, I remember listening. I thought, yeah, I want to do this. And 
I think UB was actually online back then, or maybe right around that time was coming online or something. And that began the long, steady 10 or 11 year process of just dumping money to monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all, we all want to thank you for helping support the community. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of people that can't feed their kids now. <laughs> And there's going to be one person who now can feed his kids. So. <laughs> I mean, you can't match all the stuff that Trey's gotten over the last two weeks because I wasn't blowing money to some crackhead from Sweden. But, <laughs> Daddy, but, where are all these toys coming from? <laughs> Daddy, did you learn how to play poker? This is amazing. <laughs> Actually, I did. I always did better when he sat in my lap and pressed buttons because it was the same difference. Uh, it, but sometimes he pressed better ones than I did. Uh, but I do remember this. The, the first poker book I bought was Winning Low Limit Hold'em by Lee Jones. Okay. And don't ask me why, but I, I guess No Limit wasn't that uh, you know wasn't popular back then. It was all limit games, and yeah, I don't like, know too much about like the history, uh, you know, other than reading Doyle's book. But I thought, remember, I thought I remembered hearing that Limit Hold'em was kind of like the big thing for a while, um, and then this No Limit boom came um, and kind of swept it under the rug a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it back, you know, back then, I say back like it was a long time ago, but, you know, it was 10 or 11 years ago. And uh, everything was limit. I remember going over to Tunica and just scared to death, didn't know what the hell I was doing. I mean, 11 years later, it's the same thing, but still. Um, <laughs> you know, and the biggest game in town was like, I think the horseshoe might have had a 10 20 limit hold'em game. And it was like, oh my God, the, you know, that's 10 20 limit hold'em. Jelly Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel that way about 10 20. Well, <laughs> I feel that way about 3 6. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sat down and played and thought, oh my God, I want to go ram my head through a plate glass window. This is so boring. <laughs> but uh, you're like, I can't possibly dump all my money as quickly as I intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't just you shove it all in there, you know. And and you know, I, I back in those days, it was out of a nine-handed table, it was eight to the flop capped. It was, you know, it just didn't matter. People just threw money in, and uh, so I'd go to the blackjack table and win a few hundred, and then go lose it in the poker room, and then go back to the blackjack table and lose some more, and then go to the poker room and win, and you know, come <laughs> home hopefully even. That's a that's my buddy's exact strategy. Is he goes and plays uh, blackjack, wins, then um, goes and dumps it at poker, and then goes back and then doubles the blackjack stakes, and just constantly doubles and doubles and um, sort of martingales, I guess. But uh, but he always wins. It seems surefire way to win. If you lose at one, you win at the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the math the math definitely backs that up too. So that's really good. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> That was the one thing I never got into way back when I was Math. trying to learn. Yeah, I was <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it was like, oh, I has a pair. I raise. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if it was twos in limit hold'em, which is genius. You know, <laughs> when it's when it's eight ways to the flop captain, the flops ace king queen. Well, I got twos. I'm raising. So yeah, good idea. But uh, anyway. I like that you said back then it was eight to the flop. Like that's not how limit games play now in casinos. Well, they very well could be if you can find the three limit games in Las Vegas that they have. Probably. Yeah, I just but, played a, a a limit 08 game um, at Delaware Park. Um, I don't know if I I'm gonna mention that 
you know, the other part of this. <laughs> so spoiler, just... <laughs> spoiler alert, or, or, or callback, depending yeah, on what callback. <laughs> um, just, we are recording this before we record the other part, so that's why. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, in that 08 game, it, there was probably five or six people every, every time in the hand. So. Yeah, but they had four cards, so you got to have more people. That's true. They had more ways to screw up. So... And, uh, but, you know, over the years, uh, Tunica is a few hours from here in Biloxi. So I'd go over there and dunk off money and think I knew what I was doing. And I remember shoving in a tournament one time or calling a shove in a tournament with King Five Offsuit. That was fun. (laughs) Uh, That was a good idea at that time, uh, especially when he had Ace King. But, uh, and then you binked your five and you were on your way. Or the king of diamonds on the river. No, I didn't. But the flop was like, I don't remember exactly. This was years ago. But I know it gave me a backdoor straight draw to the five. And I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I stay. Then this, uh, Actually, it could have been good if I'd have binked it. would have thought. Genius. <laughs> and then I finally found a game I could beat. It was in Panama, of all places. Uh like the country, not the city, Panama City, but uh, was it was, three card Monty? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we used the shells. Actually, it was you know we just put a ball in. No, uh, it was probably like '06 was my first trip down there, and uh, you know that was I guess at the height of the poker boom, so to speak, and it was just getting started down there, and it was the games were really good, really, really, really good. Nice. And, um, uh, they played 5-5. Five, five. They had a 5-5 five, five no limit game and a 10-25 no limit game. And uh, Wow, that seems big. Now, especially for, for, you know, for down there. And, and um, I mean, the average, back in those days, the average uh, Panamanian citizen made $400 a month. Oh, wow. You know, and they were running, you know, 5-5 five, five and 10-25. And, uh, and they had a 10-25 PLO game, too. Was it, all, was it all, like, tourists or locals? Uh, mainly locals and um, they would short stack. I mean, they'd buy in for like a hundred bucks, you know, and, but it, I mean, it literally was probably like party in its heyday, you know, and it was just like printing money. And, but by that time I was already married, so I couldn't just up and move to Panama. <laughs> uh, so, or I would have. I wonder, uh, I wonder if that's how uh, it is now. Maybe people should looking for a place to play go to panama go to panama i don't know i haven't been in in uh since like 08 or 09 and uh so i don't i don't know but the whole every year every time i was down there it was just like you know shooting fish in a barrel (laughs) do you remember any particularly like crazy hands or uh exciting moments in panamanian poker (laughs) Um, i just wanted to say panamanian i don't really care about your stories you don't really care you never care about my stories but no uh, i mean just i don't remember particular hands but just the 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 stuff that people would get it in with and you know then they'd get mad at you and cuss you in spanish because you know you flop top set and they got it in with like nothing i mean no pair no draw but you know their their highest card was higher than any card on the board so they decided that was a good hand to shove with nice. you know but yeah you know and you know is it so. is it safe down there 
Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, there's places that aren't, but sure, it's. I, I feel actually walking around uh, where the casino and all in Panama City was, the Veneto where we stayed. I felt safer walking around there at night than I do, you know, a lot of places here in the U.S. Oh, okay, yeah. I have this, you know, strictly American view of the world that like nothing is safe, <laughs> and I'm always like afraid if I ever go to another country that I'm going to be, like, taken away by some random crazy law. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> Sorry, you chewed gum, you're going to jail. Yes. Like, it's not like you you know their laws, so I'm just always like, oh, this this can't be good. I'm going back to America. Yeah. Go back no, to Baltimore it's... where it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, no, I mean, uh, like I said, there were, you know, there's, like, there is anywhere, there's places you just don't go. Yeah. You know? But you know, around the casino and all, nah, it was, it was, it was perfectly safe, and and the weather was beautiful, and the games were good, and uh, the fishing was good, and uh, you know, had some good times back then. Made some money if I didn't. Uh, except at that trip, I would win a lot of money playing poker, and then I'd go lose it all playing blackjack. So, <laughs> so it's know. just the opposite. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like when you go to Australia, you know. It's opposite the down there. Toilet flushes backwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you think you could have? Uh, sorry, have you guys. You guys keep talking about toilets. I'll wait. I have, I have a question about poker. Oh, I just had to get potty humor in at least once. So go ahead. No, but that was potty science. So that's even better. Oh. Um, I was just going to ask. I mean, do you think someone could make a living playing poker in Panama? I mean, with cost of living and how juicy the games were. Yes, back then, yeah. I, I met some guys uh, that were from – there were some guys from Europe um, that, that were living there, and that's what they were doing. They were playing online in their rooms during the day and then playing live at night. But the, the, the casino – or the casinos were open 24 hours, but the poker room didn't open till like 5 o'clock in the afternoon, 5 or 6 o'clock, and then would stay open, you know, until usually, I don't know, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And that was it, you know, maybe six, something like that. And then, so these guys, that's what they did is all day they grind online back then. And then they would, you know, play the live games at night. And, and, and oh, certainly you could have, I mean, the cost of living was, was very minimal, you know? Um, so excuse me, just one minute. Y'all talk for a second. <laughs> is he getting another text from his wife. <laughs> this is the best part of the interview is when the guest walks away <laughs> <laughs> seems like not good for uh, radio and we're back <laughs> that yes, I, no it was my dad oh, okay it's, I mean, and I, again, appreciate you being here and the amount of effort you've put into this interview and, you know, making it a high priority in your life. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. Since I've, can- since I've canceled on you twice. But, uh, well, and, and you took, and you took a text message in the middle of the interview. <laughs> no, that was a phone call and it was from my dad. That's the reason I answered it. If it had been my wife, I wouldn't have answered <laughs> I hope she until doesn't listen to this. Until we got to the strategy section. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I get texts is when we're doing strategy questions and I don't know the answer. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. For those of you who aren't in our coaching group, which would be Ron, um, Mike is famous for getting uh, text messages in the middle of important questions that he doesn't know the answer to, <laughs> which so means get... it blows up like for an hour straight on Saturdays. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the only time your wife talks to you. 
<laughs> and see, I always thought it was Trey texting you the answers to the strategy questions. So, not yet. <laughs> Come soon enough. So, but so um, okay. Uh, Do you have any other questions, Bryce? Yeah, and I was just going to ask, as far as poker goes, did you, have you had any kind of aha moments, like that? It's like, oh. Now I get it, like some big topic that just sort of clicked all of a sudden. I mean, I don't know if you've learned anything yet, but. It... <laughs> well, um, yeah, uh, well, I don't know that it's aha moments, but it's, well, I guess uh, it's just, you know, stuff makes, you know, the more I think about it and working with you guys, uh, seriously, um, you know, and, and uh, it, you know, learning when to bet and when not to bet and why, and, you know, as, as Tom knows, well, Bryce does too. It's with me, it's bet, bet, bet. Oh shit. I lost, you know? And so that was something that we've worked on. And, and, you know, I felt like I was getting a lot better at it till I logged on to poker stars and they said, here, cash out now. <laughs> and I said, gee, thanks. Let me have my 32 cents back. But, um, speaking of poker stars, I mean, they just they came through in the clutch yes they did yes yes they did and uh it's just, it's just too bad for you that you didn't have any money on poker stars which is why you're always challenging me <laughs> heads up for rolls on poker stars i would assume exactly exactly and uh but now we can play heads up for rolls play money dc home game on yeah poker stars. yes and, uh, but uh but no, it's, you know, just things like that. And, um, and then, you know, it made a difference, especially in the last, you know, six months or so since we've all kind of been working together and whatever. And, uh, just, you know, I think I was turning that corner and, uh, then I decided I'd try to play PLO cause I got pissed off at no limit one day. And my whole theory of, of PLO is if I look at my hand and I look at the board and I can't figure out how many cards hit my hand, I just mash pot. <laughs> yeah. I PLO is probably my weakest game, so I, I can't even help with that. <laughs> I know. I, I, I play it for, for for fun. And I think I remember Riverboat King in some video he did maybe with... Uh, with DJ, DJ Sensei? Yeah, that said, if it takes you more than two seconds to count your outs, just keep mashing pot. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to that. And I think my problem was it wasn't that I was counting outs. I didn't know what the outs were, so I just kept mashing pot. Yeah, he, he may not have been serious when he said that, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. That's where that last $100 went. Oh, man. Oh, you just got the explicit tag on iTunes. <laughs> we had oh, it we, before. We have, we have the explicit tag because someone else cursed last week. Yeah. I didn't want to get in trouble with iTunes. So. That jerk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, who was that? Um, so have you have you ever accidentally bought a bus just out of curiosity we ask everybody this <laughs> that's a standard question yeah that's standard yeah. completely standard kind of like joe or chuck or uh, whatever yeah uh no but i almost did <laughs> tell us more <laughs> um well the first rule of buying buses is don't listen to the guy who's selling the buses go look at them yourself even if they are 400 miles away because he'll tell you whatever you want to hear to get you to bid on them. <laughs> and, uh, who thought that uh, a bus seller would not be a reputable dealer? <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so I made a bid on a couple of buses one day and then I found out that they weren't exactly what I was looking for. And I had one hell of a sweat till somebody outbid me with like 
oh, I don't know, less than a minute to go where I was about to be the proud owner of two hunks of junk I didn't need. <laughs> you know, but I could have probably fixed them up, gone down to the Mexican border and started bringing people across. And, <laughs> a new business. Yeah, exactly. Branch out, you know. You always got to think outside the bus. That's right. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's one of my favorite Skype messages I've ever received. Is I think I just accidentally bought a bus. <laughs> just total random out of nowhere. No context, no evidence. How does one do that? I tripped and fall and, oh no, I own a bus now. <laughs> we had some great business ideas for what you could do with that bus, though. I mean, we for the 20 minutes that we thought you were going to own a bus, we were all ready to help you, you know, yeah, start I was, I had plenty of, uh, of ideas. We were going to load it full of poker players and just drive it to Vegas and you could play along the way. It was going to be great. <laughs> and now Alas. we might have to do that just to get some, some people to live games, you know, and we could like knock some seats out and put some tables in there and put a stripper pole in the back and, I can't think of a single state law that would violate <laughs> <laughs> it. either put a wet bar in the back for those that like to enjoy refreshments. And, You're uh, right. Open container laws don't apply to buses. I don't know if you guys have open container laws down there, but here you can't actually drink and drive <laughs> Well, here. You're not supposed to, but this is Alabama. So, you know, uh, funny story on that. If you want me to tell it is years ago. Uh, again, I was headed out to this this restaurant, and it was it was a BYOB restaurant, and um, which is for our listeners. Oh, bring your own bottle. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Just in I, case I, someone doesn't maybe know that's that. a southern thing. I don't know. No, no, but, I know uh, what it was. I just wanted to make sure. And he, he didn't know. He wanted you to tell him. <laughs> well, I've always I've always heard <laughs> I've always heard bring your own beer, but I I guess bottle might be bottle whatever. Yeah. Bring your own booze, you know whatever. And pro- uh, presumably, I'd been drinking all day on the golf course because that's what I do. Did <laughs> dude? Is that how you? Uh, is that how you got a sixty-eight? Uh, no, I think I was only half drunk that day, <laughs> but, um, that was, a, that was a light day. I, once I knew I had a good round going, I quit drinking as much. And, um, but you know, my wife and I are headed out through there and I'm driving, which is a good idea, by the way, kids don't drink and drive, <laughs> but, um, we got stopped at a checkpoint. And so I handed my wife my beer and she stuck it over on the other side of the seat. And that was all fine, except that I had a cooler in the back with no top on it with about a case of beer in it. And the guy looks at my license. He goes, all right, Mr. Morgan, you know, have a good day. Looks over in the back of the truck and says, hey, wait a minute as I'm pulling off. <laughs> uh, I didn't stop. And I guess he decided it wasn't in. It, he had better things. He had donuts to eat or something. I don't know. So he didn't, uh, he didn't chase me down. But. So he wasn't in Baltimore, so he still had donuts. <laughs> hey, wait, can I have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what he was concerned uh, with. That's the sheriff, not the police. Uh, oh, shit, now I have the sheriff after me. But uh, Yeah, because the, the, sh- the sheriff listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, the sh- is the sheriff friends with, any, uh, with either of us or members of our family? If not... Haven't heard it. <laughs> he ain't gonna listen, you know. So. He's he's a an avid Badoogie player, and he's gonna search for Badoogie podcasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, it, this is a small town where I live, and so this like might make the the local newspapers. Hey, uh, 
Gadsden resident makes Badooki All Stars. <laughs> now is is uh, your sheriff still Andy Griffith? No, he retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> once 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 Don Knotts died, once Barney died, he decided that was enough, and oh, okay. he had just you know it was time for him to retire, and uh, so no, and and you know Gomer went in the Marine Corps, so. <laughs> I don't know who Gomer Pyle is. You, you just knew Andy Griffith. <laughs> okay. Oh, but I, I do need to say something about Badoogie, though. Okay. While I'm thinking about it, I did have a DC member, CDA. He said, there was no Badoogie content on that episode. So for anybody listening that wants Badoogie, there are some good articles on DC from Matt Flynn, I think. And maybe Death Donkey. I don't know if they're on DC or on Death Donkey's blog. So there's your Badoogie content. Go read those articles. They're pretty good. There was some Badoogie I, content in the previous one. You just you probably just missed it. You guys probably should just go back and re-listen to it a couple times. Uh, no. <laughs> just just a note to CDA. There were no all stars in that podcast that you heard either. So <laughs> lies all around. <laughs> the reason they brought me on this week, they needed somebody to you know up the li- listenership to at least five people. Yeah, because your yeah. following is so strong. Yeah, you're no. following. You're following a CDA who we know listened to us. <laughs> well, my wife may listen now. I told you I was on some important podcast that's going to be on iTunes, and, and to her, and that was if I was going to say she's going to listen and she's going to know the important podcast part was a lie and think you weren't really on it either and stop listening. Well, this is possible. Yeah. She's, she's also going to wonder why you wanted a stripper pole in the bus. <laughs> I don't know. We've been married long enough. She understands that. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I think that about wraps it up on that note. Have of, I pretty much ruined your podcast now? <laughs> yeah. Besides the rest of the content, it did. <laughs> you know. No, well, thank you very much, sir, for coming on. Guys, I enjoyed it. Anytime. All right. I mean, there may not be another time because you may lose all your listeners now, but if not... The beautiful thing about iTunes, we don't need listeners. We can keep doing this for our own enjoyment. Ah, good. (laughs) You keep keep bringing in the listeners first. You can come back anytime you want. A a weekly strategy segment with A.U. Morgan. That ought to be genius. I could be like that guy on the world poker tour except i don't know anything about poker but i could still just rant for like three minutes it could be a weekly rant segment <laughs> yeah yeah on, on anything like oh well okay guys enjoyed it all right see you mike see you guys all right, bye. okay and we're back uh thanks to au morgan for that interview and uh coming on to help us out i guess you want to call that help what he did um be sure to check us out on iTunes. Uh, we are now searchable on there, and you can subscribe if you so desire. Uh, just search for Badoogie All-Stars, and you'll see us. Um, if you have any feedback, uh, you know, things you liked, things you didn't like, uh, things you want us to cover that we didn't, or things we covered that you would really like us to stop covering, uh, just shoot us an email. Um, I'm techmo at deucescrack.com, or you can hit up Nixon at nixon at nixonthegrouch.com I'll also probably post a link to this episode on my blog so you can uh, just leave a comment there if you want Um, we will be back in two weeks we've decided to make this a bi-weekly podcast Um, yeah I mean for those of you that are upset that uh, Deuce Plays is going every other week now if there's that week off where there's nothing to listen to and you want some good content and you look and you don't find any 
you can listen to us yeah, instead. <laughs> exactly. So if you you don't find a good replacement, uh, maybe our podcast will make your commute slightly less miserable. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the most glowing review we've received so far. <laughs> Okay, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And like I said, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, see you then. This is Tecmo Super Bowl. Nixon the Grouch. All right, see y'all later. <laughs>